One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. This is episode 13. In today's episode, I am defending the following statement. We all have an obligation to be authentic on social media. In my view, authenticity on social media is not a nice to have. It's just the right thing to do. And by not being authentic on social media, we can be actively causing harm. This is a hefty topic, and it's one that I know not everyone will agree with me on. But even if you bristle at it a little bit, I hope that you'll hear me out. So let's get into the episode. Social media has its upsides. Let me start by saying some positive things about social media. For one, the fact that I work for myself at all is because I realized it was possible after watching other people do it on Instagram. So many of my business friends I met through social media, some of them I still haven't even met face-to-face. Many of my clients have discovered my work through social media, and I love it as an online home for a portfolio of my work and ideas. Outside of business, I've kept in touch with people that I would have lost track of long ago, if not for social media. And let's not even get started on all the birthdays I would have missed, if not for Facebook. But can we all agree that it has its downsides? Social media has caused some real harm, too. And I don't mean politically. I won't even get into, in this episode, the devastating role it played in the 2016 U.S. election. Instead, I want to talk about how our individual relationships with social media can be harmful. A study published recently in the Journal of Depression and Anxiety found a link between high usage of social media sites and increased depression. In a study of 1,800 individuals, those who used social media the most were 2.7 times more likely to be depressed. This is a correlation and does not definitively say that the depression was caused by the social media usage, but it is interesting to note the correlation. A study in the Journal of Social Science and Medicine found that 44% of their young adult sample reported problematic social media use, which is strongly and independently associated with depressive symptoms. There's a concept I read about in psychology called Facebook depression, which is defined as depression that develops when preteens and teens spend a great deal of time on social media sites, such as Facebook, and then begin to exhibit classic symptoms of depression. But if you're like me, you don't need data to tell you that social media can be harmful. There's this concept of the highlight reel, that what we see people post on social media is often the best of the best of someone's life. Their vacations, their perfectly manicured gardens, beautiful outfits, clean home, daily green smoothie habit. But why? Why does social media have this impact on us? 
Well, it comes down to our tendency as humans to compare ourselves with others. Comparison is a fundamental part of being human. Psychologist Leon Festinger, may have pronounced that wrong, put forth the idea of social comparison theory in 1954. The idea that we make comparisons as a way of evaluating ourselves. He believed that this instinct to compare is rooted in our evolutionary need to protect ourselves and assess others for threats. I like how it's stated in a Psychology Today article that I will link in the show notes. The article says, The inspiration you feel about someone else's achievements can rev up the motivation to improve your own life. But comparisons can also be harmful when they leave you feeling chronically inferior or depressed. So when we see these quote-unquote highlight reels, when we look at these photos of someone living this incredible life, we subconsciously compare our own lives to it. And so what we end up doing is comparing the best of someone else's life with the average of our whole life, good, bad, and ugly. And then we feel like we don't measure up and we feel bad. So how do we not feel so bad? You're probably familiar with the feeling of scrolling through Instagram or Facebook for way too long, only to snap out of it and find that you've wasted an hour of your day and realize you feel worse than when you started. To spare herself from this, my partner Kate finally made the decision recently to fully delete her social media accounts, and I actually know some others who have done the same. Because despite, or perhaps because of, how addictive social media can be, the downside often outweighs the upside. And as a quick aside, this conversation isn't about how to change your relationship with social media and find a way to make it feel good again, but I know that it is possible. Listen to episode five of this podcast with Chris Emmers of Sweaty Wisdom. What this conversation is about instead is reconsidering what our roles are when it comes to perpetuating the comparison trap of social media. So how do we make sure that we're not part of the problem? Look, we don't have to play into this. We can be thoughtful about the way that we use social media and maybe even make a positive impact on those watching and following along. I don't think there's one right answer here. If there is, I certainly don't have it, but I do have some ideas. First, I think we start with the awareness that everyone following us on social media is a living, breathing, feeling human being. Especially when we use our social media accounts for our businesses, it's so easy to just think about our followers impersonally or as a number. But regardless of how many followers you have, every single one is a living, breathing person who's going to have a reaction to what they see. One of my favorite copywriting tips that I think applies really well here is write to just one person. When you're putting together your social media posts, think about who your content is for, and then think of one individual person that fits that description. Try to approach writing your content as having an honest and authentic conversation with them. I think having this consideration of a human being on the other end of our communications is the first and possibly the most important thing. My second suggestion is to review your content. It can be tempting to just slap together something and impulsively post it just to get something out there. But let's practice being more thoughtful about each piece of content that we release into the world. When you've put together a piece of content, like an Instagram post, here are some questions you can ask yourself to evaluate it. Is this honest? Is this how I'd talk to a friend? How would I feel if I was in a tough spot in my life and I read this? Is this post serving me or the person reading it? 
what value does it offer? My third suggestion is to celebrate your highlights and do it with a sense of possibility and what's possible for others. I love it when people, especially women, share their achievements, but I especially love it when they do it in a way that makes me feel like it's possible for me too. Let's say, as an example, a local magazine wrote an article about you and you want to share this with your community. Here are some ways you might do that in a way that fills your readers with a sense of possibility. You could share the story of how you came to be featured, talk about all the work that you put in that led up to this moment. You could provide PR tips for other people who may be looking to get featured similarly. You can be honest about how you feel about it and how long it took you to get to this level. Finally, find ways to reveal your humanity. I'm not saying we need to air out our dirty laundry or share things that are still so raw we haven't processed them. But can you let your audience into the human behind your account? I believe that consciously providing a balanced view of your life is the most powerful way that we can counteract the highlight reel syndrome of social media. This is something that takes baby steps. I have been taking baby steps for years now, and I still have a long way to go. But I believe that the more content you share that portrays this dream world, the more highlights you share, then the more obligation you have to show that your life, like everyone else's, isn't perfect. Here are some things that I like to talk about in hopes that it will make someone else feel like they're not alone. I talk about my struggles with procrastination and different ways that I'm learning to manage it. I talk about life with mental illness. I have OCD and I'm slowly trying to find ways to share more about its role in my life and business. I share the things that are tough about running your own business and working for yourself. I talk about my health and body image struggles, which are lifelong struggles for me and so many others. I talk about social struggles I have. And I talk about mindset issues and other personal growth topics that I'm working through, how I've let them hold me back and increasingly how I'm learning to tackle them. Don't get me wrong here. I don't think everything belongs on social media and everyone has to draw where that line is for them. Certainly, there is a lot of my life that's not on social media. If it's something that you haven't fully processed yet, social media probably isn't the place to do that work. It's taken some work to get here, but let me say this. I genuinely have a life that I love, and I do want to share that. But I believe that if I'm going to share all of my highlights, then I owe it to anyone following along to present them with the honest picture. While I've put a lot of work into slowly making changes to my life to make it more and more right for me, it's still far, 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 far from perfect. And so as much as I share about the amazing things, I want to also share about my human experience of living an imperfect, difficult, but still beautiful life. Social media isn't your journal. By definition, everything we post is meant to be seen by other people, real people. All of these suggestions that I have really boil down to being thoughtful about one thing. And if you take anything away from this episode, I hope it's this. We need to be thinking, how do we want people to feel when they encounter us on social media? Everything we post on social media should serve a purpose and not just serve ourselves. Create content that inspires people, teaches them something, makes them feel less alone, and shows them what's possible. So, what do you think about this? Agree? Disagree? Will you let me know either way? 
Connect with me on Making Good Podcast on Instagram. I would really love to have a conversation with you about this topic because I think it is so important. As always, you can find details about each episode on our website at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 13. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a rating and review. Not only would I so enjoy reading what you think, but it will help us get in front of other people who could also do good with their business. Thank you so much for tuning in and for allowing me this space to talk about what I think is important. I'm so grateful that you're here. Talk to you next time.